Well, it's 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 always an exciting time here at the uh, Rocktown Sports Pod. Uh, I mean, any week is exciting. Wouldn't you agree, Cody? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's the final week of the, the regular season in football. It's, it, volleyball playoffs are in full swing. I mean, there's a lot going on. So it is exhilarating. And you got cross-country uh, regionals taking place today because we are recording on Wednesday. We got the Region 2B up at uh, the New Market Battlefield and, of course, Region 3C, right back where the district meet was on the Rockingham County Fair, the palatial Rockham County Fairgrounds. But, Cody, let's talk high school football as we near the end of, well, this is the final week of the regular season. I think, you know, obviously at some point we will talk uh, Spotswood at Harrisburg because the word on the street is that's a pretty important game for uh, for some for some hardware, uh, the Valley District uh, Championship. But I think we gotta we got to talk a little about uh, Broadway and the opportunity for them to you know, you know, I get, yeah, if you win, if you win and you avoid the winless season, you go out on a high note. So I don't want to take away from that, but, you know, we got to talk about the fact that they can be one and nine, uh, facing a struggling Waynesboro program. And what does that do for the off season for, for Danny Grog and the Gobblers, if they can walk out of there with a victory? I mean, I would think it would do a lot of things just in terms of the confidence and, you know, so many of that, that so much of that team is coming back next year with, with guys like Nate Tunnell and, um, you know, Landon Stu Miller, who's now been playing quarterback for them and, and so much of that defense and, so, and a lot of the offensive line. So, so many key players are coming back and, um, all they've, all they've tasted is pretty much, you know, a lopsided losses all year. Um, you know, I think if that Waynesboro game was in the middle of the season and they get a win and then they finish the year with four straight losses and they're all lopsided and they they close the year with a 62-13 to 13 loss to spots like they experienced last week, you know, I think that's a little tougher to swallow and it kind of sticks in your in your mouth for a little longer throughout the offseason. But to end the season on a high note like that and to beat Waynesboro, um, which they're expected to do, if they can do that, you know, maybe it gives them some hope, maybe it gives them some optimism. They become a little bit more optimistic um, and, you know, something to build off because right now, you know, they haven't had a ton of things go right and there's not a lot of pauses you can find. So, you know, maybe maybe this Friday gives them an opportunity to, to you know, find some of the things that ha- have gone right for them and they continue to build off that in the offseason. As the lone city-county team uh, that we cover, not in line for a, a postseason berth, uh, we're talking about Broadway Gobblers. They're going heading into their uh, Friday game at Waynesboro at 0-9, looking for their first win in their last game of the season. As the only one without a, in line for a postseason berth, I, I guess we can start writing the obit on the 2019 season for the Gobblers. What went wrong? You know, I think that maybe, you know, there might have been a little bit too high of expectations for this team coming into the year just because of, you know, there was a, a new coach and a new culture and, and a lot of positive things that Andy Grog brought to that program. Um, and, you know, all that stuff is great, but that stuff doesn't necessarily translate to wins. Um, and, and that's not, you know, a sight to Danny at all. But, it, you know, it, it, high school sports, you, you have to have the players to make it happen. And, they're a team that a year ago they had guys like you know the big names we were talking about last year were, were Nick Lore and, and Brandon Cruz and and all and all these different guys that were were across the field for them at the skill positions. Um, Aaron Muggeridge, Parker Smith across the offensive line. That offensive line last year really grew up over the years. So all those players are now gone, and, and you know 
a new coach can do whatever he wants to do, but any coach that goes through a rebuild like that and loses that many seniors at so many key positions, um, it's going to be tough to reload. And, you know, Caleb Williams never got back from his offseason surgery um, on his knee. He was a guy that, you know, a lot of people thought was going to be the quarterback and really going to make a difference for him. Um, Brent Hulse was a guy who was, was a difference maker at times, but only got to make it through about halfway through the season before he got hurt. Um, you know, uh, Christian Morgan, a running back, he got he played one game, and then he was expected to be a, a big ball carrier. I wrote a story in him earlier in the year. He played one game, and he was out for the season. So a lot of injuries paired with a lot of youth, and I just think it just kind of snowballed. And once it got going, it was, it was tough to stop. I, I think the culture change is, is a big thing out there. Uh, just from a – you know, it, it's – when you're 0-9, I mean, other teams, fan bases in this day and age of Twitter and Facebook, you know, they're going to laugh if you're still putting out hype videos in your 0-9. I, I, I get it. it the, the flip to that is I also get why that program is still putting them out because – you know when you're when you're you're going if you're going to struggle through a 0 and 9 season looking to be 1 and 9 let's be real here with the way Waynesboro's been going uh you you, you kind of got to give kids a reason to want to come out for this team even though you are still young i know Danny doesn't want to hear how young they are anymore and i think that change in culture maybe makes it a little bit easier for them because they see hey you know look at this look what we're doing out here and it maybe makes it a little bit easier for for a player a student walking in the hallways who's maybe thinking about going out for football deciding to go give it a try because you know it's kind of fun to see those videos yeah i mean i think if you're a football program that has no appeal to the to the students in your in your high school and your uh team that's struggling and, and not having a successful season um that's when you find yourself you know eventually in a, in a situation like waynesboro i mean you know you got to make sure you're keeping those kids out there and, and wanting to play for you. you've got to make sure you're still finding the athletes in the halls and getting those guys on the field um you know so i think it's you know it's a smart move by danny them to stay as involved on social media as you can um you know stay you know stay positive stay promoting the, the brand itself and um you know eventually when this thing gets turned around and you add all that together it's going to become a very attractive you know program to play for yeah year two is going to be very interesting uh up there in broadway cody the the, the team that i guess we kind of fell off the radar in terms of not talking about uh, after everything they lost last year and kind of like the up-and-down season they have w- was East Rock. Uh, let's be real here. And then, goodness gracious, so, you know, what does East Rock do in the Shenandoah Valley Football Classic is they just take Luray, a team a lot of people were pegging to win the Bull Run District and was in line to win the Bull Run District, just took them out to the woodshed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was a really bizarre game to watch because, um, you know, Luray fumbled it away five times in that first half. Um, so they certainly, you know, helped East Rock in a way. But that wasn't the full – I mean, it wasn't like that was the only reason East Rock ran away with that game. I mean, they, they just couldn't – their offense could not be stopped. Um, Trenton Morris had, you know, one of the best individual games that we've seen all season. Had a 90-yard 90 90 kickoff return for a touchdown, a 59-yard reception for a touchdown from Tyson McNair, and then four rushing TDs, um, over 200-some yards uh, rushing. So – a huge game for him. Um, the defense really, you know, was a bend-don't-break bend type of performance from them. They they kept that Larray rushing attack, which is so hard to stop. They, it, it's good. They, yeah, they were able to, to really, you know, maintain them and, and, you know, not allow them to sustain long drives. Um, so just a huge win for them. And all of a sudden, you know, we, we talked about it last week. We said if they could get a win there, you know, we were talking about them maybe making some noise in the playoffs. And not only do they get a win, but to win by 30 and the way they did, I mean, you know, it, it, that's a whole different team than we were talking about five weeks ago. What I thought was funny is I think, you know, we've talked about this before. We've been waiting for Trent Morris 
I mean, he does his job. I mean, he does his job, but I think we're all waiting for that. What do we call like an oh crap game? I think we call it. We're like, oh crap, look what Trenton just did. And I think we were kind of expecting against a few of the Larry teams, you know, like maybe a Stonewall or a Rappahannock. Uh, and with the bonus of it would have been, it'll be nice to see him do it against a Clark or a Strasburg. And for him, what was it, six touchdowns? Six, yes. For him, the, the, ender, the end zone six times against a one-loss Larry team. I mean, that's... I mean, what do you say to that other than that's a senior captain being a senior captain? Uh, I mean, those those guys were hungry, and, and Trenton or Trent made it very clear after the game that they um, they they were pretty tired of of people doubting them a little bit, and so <laughs> and so uh, um, you know they they just felt like they had something to prove, and um, you know they came out and and from the start they jumped on them, they took advantage of, of those Larry. I mean, you can you can point to Larry for fumbling it five times, but what Eastrock did is what good football team to do and they took advantage of every single one scoring off all five of them every, all, every single time they turned it over um, East Rock took the ball and marched down the field and scored and you know all of a sudden he looked up at half and East Rock was up 25 points and it just felt like man how, how does Larry get out of this and the first series of the second half uh, Trenton takes off again for a 50 or 60 yard run and um, it was game over from there I mean yeah just a statement win and, and those guys you know Trent Morris, Colton Dean, Tyson McNair that, that trio right there um, they deserve a lot of credit for helping some of those younger guys, you know, really come along this year and kind of grow up. Um, and now we're seeing maybe the East Rock team that when we came into the year, when we were really, you know, optimistic about what they could do, I think this is more of the team that we kind of thought we'd see. And, and I think someone that deserves a, 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 a good share of credit here, who doesn't put on the pads anymore, has got to be Donnie Coleman. I mean, you know, he was more than just Phil Jackson of the 90 Bulls last year. He just wasn't throwing a lineup out there and letting him play ball. He was still had a coach up, and he was coaching him up. But but with the struggles he was expecting for losing 20-some-odd seniors from that team last year and for the, the confidence he kind of went into this year with in terms of, you know, we got, still got good players, and then for him just to, to stay on them and then lean on those senior captains like Trent Morris and Colton Dean – to, to, to basically lean on the rest of the team with him. I mean, it, it you know, what a, what a coaching job by him because it would have, you know, three weeks ago, it's easy for that team just to kind of, you know, hey, man, we're, 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 we might be on the outside looking in and let's just, you know, let's take our lumps and let's, you know, just eat, 20, eat 2019 and look forward to 2020. But, I mean, that the coaching job that he's done out there this year, I mean, you know, we like the base when, when they go into their district voting uh, you know, we don't go. That's the coach and administrators thing. I, I think a lot of people like the base. And okay, who's the, you know, who 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 went the furthest in the postseason? Who's our coach of the year? But you know, I would like to think with the way they've gone in the second half of the season, that when those Bull Run District coaches are meeting, whenever the season's over with, that a few of them mention the, the words Donnie Coleman comes out a few of their mouths for the coach of the year potential. Yeah, I mean, their whole staff deserves credit. I mean, that, I think it's been, you know, a picture-perfect example of what, you know, good coaching looks like. And, um, you know, because when you look at that team, what they were doing at the beginning of the year, the offense struggled a lot early. Um, you know, some of those games against Spotswood and some of those guys, Riverheads, they were really ugly games. And um, we did didn't really know what the identity of the offense was and now you know you look last week and I, I think even going to that Luray game we thought they were going to t- toss all over the field and kind of take advantage of the Luray secondary and instead obviously they just ran it down their throats and um just uh, just an incredible performance there and then at the defense you know the defense wasn't playing as well as they, they had been playing in recent years under Kyle Gillenwater and all of a sudden you know like I said the defense played just lights out against Luray um one of their best performances of the year in my opinion so you know 
all around, you know, Donnie and his staff, I mean, he said, you know, early in the year it was a struggle, and he admitted there were, it was tough times, you know, there for a while, and um, they're sitting there at 2-4 and four after a couple of blowout losses to Clark and Strasburg, and, you know, we're talking about, you know, is there is their playoff streak in jeopardy, all these different things, um, and then it kind of seemed like that win over Page is when it all started, and they got the, the upset of Page, and then um, they've been rolling since then, so, um, yeah, they deserve a ton of credit, and now, you know, I, I wrote about it earlier today. I just think that, um, you know, looking at Region 2B now, now that, you know, they've taken down LeRae, you know, you've got Strasburg and Clark still in the picture. Buckingham County's up there. Um, Source draft obviously at the top. But, you know, you've got to think East Rock has a chance to make a little bit of noise there. Uh, moving along, uh, Turner Ashby. I don't want to say it seems like a team that can't catch a break, but it seems like every time they bounce back with the win, they got to go face another high pop. But, I mean, that's life in the Valley District, let's be real, especially when you're a program that's kind of returned the form. Yeah, the Valley's shaped up to be a pretty solid district this year, a lot, lot stronger than I think we anticipated coming into the season. It seems like one, 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 one game you're going to win, and then two game, next two games, like, oh, my goodness, what have we gotten ourselves into? Then another game in there, it's like, okay, we can win this one, then two more games. And, and here, example is Turner Ashby, who, you know, Put up what a seventy burger, seventy five had yeah. sixty eight at halftime, sixty eight at halftime against uh, Waynesboro, right? And and, and now the, you know the, they got to go down the Rock, they got to go down the Lexington, uh, face the Rockbridge County uh, football team that uh, looks like they're kind of back to where they need to be yeah, after good. after, after the loss to Spotswood that. Uh, you know, credit to Spotswood uh, on getting that win and shutting down that offense, and you know now TA though they seem locked into the playoffs. Uh, they're kind of fighting for a seed now, and and, and I mean, it doesn't get any easier now. Yeah, I mean, they've, they're probably, you know, I, I, the math is still to be is a little unknown right now on whether they can jump Rockbridge in, into that number four spot or whether Rockbridge can jump up to number three, um, depending on how this week goes. But there's a very, very likely chance that we're looking at TA making back-to-back trips to Lexington um, to go to Rockbridge County, and and that's a tough, you know, it's tough to play a team like Rockbridge once, but to go against them back-to-back, um, you know, you almost wonder if, if you're Chris Frazier, it wouldn't be better just to, you know, you almost like, you, you want to play your best, obviously, in that second performance, so um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, that, that Rockbridge looked as good as I've seen them in, in recent years on Saturday against Harrisonburg, um, and I think the, the biggest thing that I took away from that was, you know, as Pass heavy as they are, and as much as we talk about that that passing game with with Miller J at the quarterback spot and Jolly Lynch at receiver, um, and it, they had two hundred plus yards passing, but their running game was what was the difference. I mean, they've got two running backs that are, I mean, just grown men, and and Gage Schaefer and Brett McClung, and they Harrisburg had no answers for them at all. They were just running right down the middle, um, right down the gut, and Harrisburg couldn't stop them. And that's something that TA is going to have to find a way to stop because what. When Rockbridge has had success against good teams this year, it's been because they ran the ball. Multiple coaches have told me that from around the Valley District, and um, they did that on Saturday, and obviously they came away with a big win over a good Harrisburg team. So, um, you know, this is going to be a tough test for TA, and it's going to be interesting for me to see. You know, Rockbridge is coming off a a battle-tested game, you know, a close one with Harrisonburg. Um, TA's coming off one where their starters played about a quarter and a half, and uh, you know Grant Swinehart scored on his first five touches, and TA scored on seven of their eight first eight plays. So it wasn't really, you know, there wasn't uh, as much as they were happy to look sharp. You know, they even it kind of admitted there's not a lot you can take away from a game like that. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how both teams come out this week. Um, and like I said, this is a game we could be talking about again in a week from now. I swear I haven't gotten any emails from coaches this week, and I'll ask you. I'll ask. So I want to. I'll ask you this question. 
I mean, do, win or lose Friday, I mean, Chris Fraser's got to be in the discussion for Valley District Coach of the Year. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I, I thought about that when you were bringing up Donnie, and I was just thinking about you know other city county coaches for coaches of the year, and um, I mean Chris has to be at at the top of I think just about anybody's list for Valley. I mean, when you look coming into the year, we knew spots would, what they were going to do. We knew Rockbridge was going to be there at that number two spot, um, and then you know Harrisonburg. I think they've been just about now about where we thought they'd be about the five hundred mark, um, depending what they do this week. So you know. Chris Frazier, I don't think anybody was talking about T.A. sitting here at now, what, 6-3 and three overall, um, looking at potentially seven wins on the year after getting four the past two years combined. Um, just a huge step up, and, yeah, I, mean, I think he's at the top of my list. I think you can add the other Chris, Chris Thurman at Harrisburg, to that list as well because, I mean, with the job he's done uh, with the young team and, and obviously the, the, the most important decision he's probably made in, in – in, in, in the past three years, four years maybe at Harrisburg High School of moving Quentin Smiley out into the open and giving the giving the reins to a sophomore quarterback. I mean, you know, you know, what a move. We talked about that enough. I mean, we've talked about just the, the unselfishness of Quentin and the uh just the, the growth of this sophomore quarterback and, you know, a kid that uh, in Keenan Glago that we're gonna be you know, he's going to be the next uh, Ryan High in terms of how we talk about him. I mean, he's another kid who's going to be growing up year by year, and Spotswood has Ryan High for one more year after this season. And I think that's going to be a really interesting battle there, depending on what the other quarterback situations are in the Valley. But but let's now let's get to the big one, since we've talked about Chris uh, Thurman. Uh, Harrisburg welcoming Spotswood. Uh, to, 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 to the friendly city uh, for a not-so-friendly uh uh, battle for the the Valley District Championship. How do you? I mean, how do you see this one? I, word on the street is if there's even a drop of rain, they're not playing this after last year's quagmire <laughs> that really gave the advantage to Sp- I, I'm not completely saying it was all about the rain. I think Spotswood might have been winning that game either way with the way they they played out there defensively. Uh, but they played in the quagmire last year. It, it slowed Harrisonburg down and, and definitely gave Spotswood that much more of an edge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that was that was a huge story last year. You know, with all the speed and the skill guys Harrisburg has, um, Spotswood's got those Ben Conahans and Cole Myers and Ethan Barnhart to just take the ball and run over you. And um, that that played to their advantage with their defense and everything last year. And obviously, it wasn't the only reason. Spotswood was the better football team last year. I, I truly believe that. Um, and this year, you know, it's interesting. I think we last week we were talking about the potential of this being a two Valley District unbeaten's, and it, it kind of lost a little bit of its luster with with the loss to Rockbridge, but. You know, it's still there's a lot of interesting scenarios left here because um, if Harrisburg can find a way to get a win, you know, and Rockbridge wins, and you're talking about a three-way tie, um, then if if TA would beat Rockbridge and Harrisburg still gets a win, then we're talking about. I, and this is something I need to clarify with the 80s. Is it, it does Harrisonburg automatically get named the district champions? There's there's some questions about what happens here if Harrisonburg gets a win. I think you know spots with the way they've they've played all year and the way they've rolled. Everybody kind of expects them to continue that. But um, you know, one thing I've learned with Harrisonburg is that speed kills, and, and that's something that with their roster and the guys that they have, that's always going to be something that keeps them in any game. I how do you, I mean I, I'm not looking for a prediction because you're going to be out there covering this and and I'm by no means am I going to do that to you, but just in terms of scoring amounts uh, totals, 
How do you see this one playing out? I mean, are we looking at a uh, a high-scoring affair out here? Are we looking at these two teams trying to match up on the scoreboard? Or are we going to see something similar to last year minus the rain where it's a Dallas Khalil arm, you know, tripping up a Marcus Robinson Jenkins on a fourth and one to, to turn the ball over and give him and give the, you know, give the life to Spotswood. Yeah. I think this year, if, if it's a close game, I think it's going, it's going to be a high scoring one. I think, you know, it becomes a little bit of a shootout. I'm not going to say it's going to be, you know, a 60, 50 game. Like we, like we talked about with Rockbridge and Harrisonburg. Um, but just with the way Harrisonburg played against the Rockbridge run game, it's, it's hard for me to see them stopping Barnhart and then that rushing attack. And then, you know, I think if Harrisburg's got a shot, I think Keenan Glegger, there's a couple of touchdown passes, Quint Smiley goes off, you know, with a couple of long runs. Um, that's going to be the key, I think. I don't think – I think if it becomes a defensive battle, Spotswood, you know, shuts them down a little bit and gets enough on the, on the scoreboard to, to pull away there. I think if it becomes a shootout, that's Harrisburg's best shot at this game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tough, tough challenge. Was, as good as Rockbridge County's offense is, Spotswood is, is probably even better. This is probably going to be a, the, the best secondary wins this game for, for this team, I, I would imagine. I would say if, if – it's going to come down to the, the defensive secondaries. Yeah, and it's going to depend on how Keenan Glego bounces back from last week because, you know, he's a guy who came into that game with only two picks in five starts and then all of a sudden go, goes in against Rockbridge and throws three. Um, now, granted, his last one he got hit on as he threw it. Uh, Chris Thurman said it wasn't his fault. Um, but, you know, there were, there were some throws there I think he missed and he, he wasn't happy with. Obviously, he finished nine of 25, so not a great day for him. It'll be interesting to see now how he bounces back against the defense. It's probably the best in the district. Um, um, but you know these the last week and then this week these these are going to be you know really good opportunities for Keenan Glego to really face some some good defenses and get ready um, before you know hopefully they'll be playing a playoff game next week and they're still battling to try and keep that home playoff game right now they sit at that number four spot you know th- this game Friday as much as they want to win a district title it also could could you know impact on whether they're hosting or hitting the road next week yeah and, and I think in Region Five D you you, you want to host. I mean, uh, yeah, they, I don't, they don't, they haven't hosted for a few years either. Yeah. So otherwise, you're going over to the Fredericksburg area, Stafford, or you're going up to Nova. And they haven't been successful. I mean, Chris Thurman has said that the past few years they went up there and and just got whipped. So, um, and that's exactly how he says it. We we got whipped. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Cody, I, I appreciate you joining us, and I really wish we were doing a webcast today because I, I and I'm sure you'll see it on uh, uh, <laughs> on, when, on the digital extra when they talk on. Uh, uh, on uh, WHSV when he he joins uh, TJ and and company. Well, it's just it's just TJ, right? That you with TJ, yep. Uh, but man, I tell you, I if you people could see how handsome Cody looks today, <laughs> you guys would just be in utter awe. He has a tie on and a <laughs> collared shirt. Over this tie and collar shirt, he has this fantastic. I think it's time I need to get the cross. He has this fantastic <laughs> sweater on. This is for the Hokies win last night. Okay, he's got this just glorious. What is that like a beige gray? Is that is it, is that cashmere, Cody? Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> and this fantastic wood faux wood watch that is bigger than a wall clock, really. And he's got these great glasses, Cody. All you're missing is holding a PBR in your hand, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, but you all get to see that on uh, on Digital Extra with uh, WHSV. I'll be, I'll be in a t-shirt and a jeans for the webcast <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> well, Cody, thanks for joining us. You guys, you have fun out across country today, bud. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs>